airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we've got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry V and J-Mac are on tap with us, um, helping us navigate the show today. So we really do appreciate that. Mm-hmm. We are going to um, make every attempt to get to calls today. I don't know. Um, I have a feeling I could be I could be wrong. And I okay. hope that I am. I hope that we can get through all of the content today. But I have a feeling that it's going to be a two-part show here. Um, so if it, you know, in the event that it's a two-part show we will um, intentionally just kind of stop the discussion and then open the phone lines up so that we can get your take on what we've discussed so far mm. and then pick up with the rest of that content on tomorrow, if the Lord wills that. If he does yeah. not, then we won't. Yeah. Um, and we'll just know when we know. We'll see, <laughs> right? Yeah. There's a lot of freedom in that. Oh, yeah. Um, not to mention that it's also biblical. So um, the Marriage Family Life Conference is coming up in June and um, the registrations are in. No, I'm just kidding. But they're they're in still. Yeah. They're still Mm -hmm. coming in. That's great. It's exciting. Yes. um, MarriageFamilyLife.net. MarriageFamilyLife.net. Actually, our early bird rate ends April 1st. So this is. So now. So now let me let me ask this for everyone who is like me. (laughs) <laughs> this, I'm not asking this question for you, Will, okay. or people who are like you. I know you guys exist in mass numbers. I'm only asking this question for everyone who is like me. And what do I mean when I say like me? I mean the person who has the coupon and you know that the coupon expires. Does the coupon expire? Like, do I have until like the end of the day that day? Or is it like midnight tonight? You, you're like, oh, April 1st, yeah, it's over. Like, you know, I need to know. I, I put that in the hands of the IT uh, department. But okay, thinking like them, I think it's going to be midnight. It's going to shift. So today yeah, is because the they're zeros and ones. Yeah, they, you know, they they're don't, zeros they don't and play. ones. <laughs> you know, yeah. When, they're when like that, four, one, 21, right. boom, When done. that clock strikes, that's it. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. Yeah, if it were me, I'd be like, eh, come on. Hey, but you still can register after this, you know? It just won't be the early bird, right? Yeah, no, I want the Ollie special. (laughs) I want the big lot special. That's what I want. Um, Anyways, okay. um, All right, so so, talk a little bit more about that. Right, so marriagefamilylife.net, you go there to register. Also, you just want to put out there, again, that if uh, there's a family, uh, a couple families, a few families that want to go, you know, but uh, just don't have the finances to make it. Uh, we uh, we want to help. And so you can go to uh, Addison's at, well, don't go to, email me at Addison's <laughs> at AFR.net. Addison's at AFR.net. And we'll have a conversation about that. Um, but you can find the schedule of events that will take place at the conference. You can find uh, the youth apologetics track topics and sessions. We have just some great things going on that first night. We're going to open it up with a uh, uh, watching some video and having a panel discussion 
concerning in his image. And so it's just going to be a, a just a great time of equipping, of networking, and, and fellowshipping. <laughs> and so looking looking forward to it. Uh, go to marriagefamilylife.net to register. And again, the early bird rate uh, ends today. So, hey, do what you got to hey. do. <laughs> marriagefamilylife.net oh, yeah yeah do, do what you must do because if you know anyways all right <laughs> whatever do what you must do yeah okay so so here is the question that i'm at i'm asking today and um to ask this question i'm going to have to read um not the entirety of two articles but i'm going to have to read a good bit of of a couple articles that um that i read and I've kind of just been thinking about a little bit and, and trying to decide if it's worth having this conversation. But it seems that this conversation is being had um, even to some extent in the mainstream, meaning there are people who are having a Christian conversation mm -hmm. um, and some of them are not Christian. You know, when we when we talk about um, what what the church, I mm -hmm. mean, what the Bible teaches yeah. about purity and about human sexuality, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so the question that I'm asking today, which will become the title of this program is um, cancel purity. <laughs> like, is that what we're doing? <laughs> are we, <laughs> are we, are we like, cause I mean, we have proven that we can cancel anything in our current cultural environment, pancakes, rice, um, right. Mr. Everything. Mr. Potato. Well, potatoes, we can make, we can make know, him change. Or for real. Like we can we can cancel anything. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, like yeah. it, it doesn't matter, you know. And, mascots. and so okay. mascots. I mean, you I name, mean, the list you goes name on. it. The list goes on <laughs> and on. Um, and so it's it's got me wondering, are we are we attempting or are we watching in some way? An attempt to cancel purity. Man, some segments may have already canceled that. Yeah, but they you didn't. I mean? Yeah, but they didn't admit it. Like yeah. that's we only learn about these things. And I should have looked up those numbers. That may be a part of the part two because we've talked about this before on the program. Um, some numbers that were out. Oh, I guess this was a few years ago. Mm -hmm. um, that showed that Bible believing Christians are giving up the biblical notion of abstaining from sexual activity until marriage mm. and this breakdown, I want to say it was a Pew study. I can't remember. I, I I'll find it. But, um, this breakdown looked at, uh, <laughs> as it was called in the, in the study. Okay. The black church, the evangelical church, yeah. um, the Protestant church and the Catholic church. And so that was sort of the way that the numbers were broken down. And, um, you know, to our shock and horror, it seemed that the majority of young adults um, in the church just kind of across the board, however, the breakdown they identified, but mm -hmm. they were engaging in sexual activity before marriage. Um, and it seems that it was a signal that, you know, the cry of yesteryear mm -hmm. of purity, essentially, <laughs> was over. Um, but you you didn't really you didn't really see that conversation kind of make it outside of the, the room where Christians hang out and talk, right. oh, did you see those numbers? Like, ah, you know, right. but now the conversation because of what happened in Atlanta, now the conversation is kind of spilling over or spilling out into a larger cultural context that doesn't really care about what the Bible says, except to condemn those who adhere to it. 
You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, it's it. We're having a conversation about purity now. Yeah. To a certain extent, um, in front of and alongside people who I want to repeat it don't necessarily, and I'm being generous when I say necessarily, I just feel like I should insert that, but they don't care about the Bible, right. except that they want to condemn those who adhere to it. Exactly. So they will, they will buff themselves up on a few scriptures that they can use to sort of piecemeal together a sword of sorts to swing at you as mm. a Christian, mm. right? I mean, that's what they do. They, yeah. they, it's, they put together scriptures piece them together, smash them together, and then they try to wield that against Christians. And that is the only display of, and it's not even defined as care, but that's the only display of care for the scriptures that we see coming from people who live their lives, um, it, it appears, you know, in opposition to God. Mm-hmm. That's that's by appearance. Yeah. So, so my question is, because we're in this moment and we're having this conversation about purity and whether or not the church's approach to purity has um, given birth to a condemnation that would drive an individual to murder people Mm. to rid himself of temptation. (laughs) That's the question that we're having. I don't know if people are aware of this. It's an online question and an offline question, Um, but it is a question nonetheless. And it it seems to me, and I, I put this in the category and hopefully um, to some extent, I'll, I'll make my case today. But I put this in the category of the types of things that in the coming months and years, mm-hmm. when you are identified with these things, you will be that kind of Christian. Wow. The one that is not fit for the larger culture. You know, I immediately think of, and, and we don't have to go deep into this, but uh, Joshua Harris. Yes, and, yes. You know, his. You should. Going you should back think of him. On, mm-hmm. You know, the things that he said in his books and, and, and wholesale yes. saying like, ah, that was totally wrong. Yeah, repudiating everything that he wrote. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. No, you, you, you're right to think of him because he sort of became the most recent face um, to kind of call out Christian purity mm-hmm. and and to say, you know, it's bonkers. This is crazy. And what was I doing at 21 writing a book that sold over a million copies and what was right. I doing telling, you know, men and women, young men and women um, not to, you know, date and engage in any type of sexual activity mm-hmm. that would awaken love before its time. What was I doing looking <laughs> to the scriptures as a foundation for what I wrote? Um, and then, and then what, within months, yeah. within months, we kind of understand the motive a little bit better. Right. Right. Like why he's distanced himself from right. his book and why he created a new space um, for himself. The catchword space. New space. Hello. He made space for himself. But he would be um, one of the ones that would probably say what you're saying now that, uh, well, you know, this guy in Atlanta is, is, is this is kind of a outflow of. That whole this purity is, culture. Th- this is what happens. Listen, all of these things, I, Christians have to understand um, that we are in a spiritual battle. Christians must understand this. And they must understand also that the war, the battle that we are in, the the war, the big picture war here mm-hmm. is not, it's not flesh and blood. And the enemy is engaged in a war that is won with or by strategy. 
right? Mm-hmm. There is a strategy there. It's not just um, throwing things to the wall and seeing what will get the Christians. It is, um, we are spiritually speaking now. And again, I, I please understand people who read the word of God. This is not, um, I'm, I'm just going to throw a bunch of temptations your way and see which one you grab onto. This is understanding um, the subject, mm-hmm. right? And knowing how these people move and how they, how they behave and all of these things, and then trapping them in their own sinful desires, trapping them, right? So the enemy is not playing any type of, like it's not a dodgeball game. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> anyways, all right. Um, I, could, I could keep going on with the analogy. I'm gonna avoid doing that. Here's the article that I read that I was, I was, I really like um, to read David French's um, stuff from time to time. I don't read it often, not as much as I used to. Yeah. Um, and that's just because of time. It's not because, you know, anyway, it's just time. But David French is a respected voice among Christian conservatives. I mean, he's said some things, obviously, that many of us disagree with. Right. But he's also said some things that, that we agree with. And, um, you know, and it's fine for us to have disagreement um, within the context of Christianity, as long as the disagreement does not attack orthodoxy. Boom. That's it. Okay. <laughs> Full stop right there. So he wrote this article. It's dated March 21st. And this is the article. And, and I, I want to read this. Um, this is from, I think it's the Dispatch is the website. And then his contribution to that is the French Press Nice play on words, David. Very good. <laughs> um, but it's why the Atlanta massacre triggered a conversation about purity culture. Purity culture. Um, okay, so I'm, I'm going to... Oh, well, no, I'm not. I was going <laughs> to say I'm going to read a little bit of this and just kind of get into it. And then also I read another article. Um, this article I found at The Atlantic, written by a woman named um, Angie Hong, who um, is a worship leader and a writer. And she talks about being an Asian woman in evangelical culture, but not just evangelical culture, evangelical purity culture. Mm. So the title of this article is The Flaw at the Center of Purity Culture. (laughs) So of course, you know, The Atlantic was like, yes, yes, please write, (laughs) write. This is very timely. We need this, you know. Um, So we're going to take a look at this and kind of take our time with it. And then we're going to ask some questions of the scriptures. Aaron, the Addison's American Family Radio, please stay right there. Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Thank you for taking some time out of your schedule to listen to us talk about the uh, cultural issues of the day and filter those issues through an unapologetically biblical worldview. That means that in every way that we live, we are doing that through the lens of Scripture. It's not that we just think that the Bible is good. Yeah. 
It's that we endeavor to live it out where it is instructive for us to live it out. Amen. All right. Um, I'm Miki. And I'm Will Nassi Micah featuring Pilo Jetson with Faithful. Very good. All right. David French writing um, why the Atlanta massacre triggered a conversation about purity culture. So today I'm asking the question, um, are we canceling? Um, are we canceling purity? Man. All right. Okay. So here we go. And and I'm going to I'm going to build my case here. I have some just that, about this. Go ahead. Yes. I'm so glad. Yes. And and just as you know, jump in because, you know, I get going. <laughs> it's like double dutch, though. I got to try. Bless to, your poor heart. Say. You know, I get going. So you'll just have to say, all right, quiet woman. (laughs) (laughs) They got some people out there would love that. They would love it. You know what they would love? They would love for you to say, listen, rib, stop talking. That's what they want. You know, Um, anyways. All right. So so here we go. And anyway, uh, David French here. (laughs) I'm going to just start reading. Read. It always happens. Every time there is a mass shooting, often before we even know the number and identity of victims, there's a desperate and immediate quest to know who was the shooter and what were his motives. Part of this is understandable, human, and necessary. When innocent women and men are gunned down in cold blood, something in our spirits cries cries out, why? But another part of this quest for an immediate explanation is toxic and destructive. Every single mass shooter, and sadly there are many of them, becomes an immediate weapon in the culture war. Mm. Did the shooter wear the red jersey or the blue jersey? Does he fit or defy an existing narrative? He's absolutely right here, by the way. He is absolutely right. And this has been going on for longer than has become popular now. All right, this has been going on for a long time. Back to David French. Soon enough, the partisan argument drowns out the answer to the necessary question. We still need to know the reason each shooter kills, no matter who's partisan or religious ox is gored what a word picture (laughs) and that brings me to the atlanta shooter he says i will not use his name last week a young man walked into three metro atlanta massage parlors and killed eight people including including six asian women why did he do it according to police the shooter said he suffered from sex addiction and shot the women because they were a temptation for him uh he they were a temptation for him he wanted to eliminate let me pause for a second here, and, and I'm going to say this again, but at this point, I think it is very important. It's important to my problem with David French's case that I say something at this point. Mm-hmm. All right. So he says, um, he says, I will not use his name. Last week, a young man walked into three Metro Atlanta. Okay. So young man here, I would just like to put in parentheses there, 21 years old. 21 years old as we continue to unpack this discussion you're going to see why my noting his age is vitally important (laughs) like it's important to my objection to what i think david french is attempting to 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 say here Mm -hmm. because you know 21 all right (laughs) so he was born in 2000 correct (laughs) i mean i'm not i'm not a mathematician But he was born in 2000, okay? At least, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe, 99? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll give you 90, maybe the end of 99. I don't know. Anyways, he's 21, all right? So so that's important. Okay, back to David French here. Does that mean there was no racial component to the killing? Well, no. For one thing, we don't automatically take a killer's word as the final explanation for his motives. 
Okay. <laughs> That's also amazing because mm -hmm. this entire piece centers around the explanation for his motives. <laughs> okay, but let's just continue. I'm just, I'm sorry. We're not going to get through it if I keep doing that. For another thing, his actions, um, for another thing, his actions provide their own testimony. The identity of his victims is plain to see. Moreover, there are disturbing cultural patterns that sexualize and exploit Asian women. There is much we still don't know. At the very least, we can and should mourn with our Asian American brothers and sisters and understand and share their heightened concerns. All right, I'm going to continue here. And all this is important, guys, so bear with me. In the days following the shooting, however, the evidence of the shooter's sexual confusion and dysfunction continued to mount. And so it's important to focus on what we do know on where the evidence is leading us now. The shooter is a Christian young man, again, 21, baptized in a local Baptist church. He struggled so deeply with sexual sin that he was a patient at a local evangelical treatment facility called HopeQuest. He reportedly told a former roommate at a different recovery center that his, quote, very salvation was at stake, end quote, if he couldn't overcome his sexual sin. And with these revelations, suddenly the Christian part of the internet broke out into a debate about evangelical purity culture. Hmm. I don't, <laughs> I'm not sure that that's what happened. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. I, I think, I think with those revelations, mm -hmm. I think people were still kind of wading through the um, stop Asian hate hashtag. Yeah, I, I didn't see what he's talking about here. I didn't see that explosion. Neither did I. I, I, may, I my timeline might be different from his. So, but I what I saw uh -huh. <laughs> was he's Baptist. He's a he's a Christian and white supremacy. Uh huh. And yeah, yeah. That's that's what I saw. Yeah, yeah. yeah that it was automatically uh, attached to the Asian women that right. he murdered. Um, he he was another one of those. Um, Trump supporters that stormed the yeah, Capitol. Exactly. That's, 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 that's what, at least yep, what I saw. That's what I saw. You know? I saw that too. Okay. So now, but then David French does something that I think is interesting. And I want to make sure I share this with our listeners because I think it is fair to him as we have this discussion. He makes a distinction. He defines purity culture. Okay. He defines so purity culture. That, but go ahead. Just that whole, yes. Do you want to unpack it now? No, no. We because can wait. I, you we know, I understand. Okay. Okay. So, so he says, back to David French in his article here, but first, let's define our terms. Purity culture, he says, is not a synonym for traditional Christian teachings about sexual morality, specifically the belief that sex is reserved for a marriage between a man and a woman. He says, no, purity culture refers to the elaborate set of extra-biblical rituals and teachings that became popular in the 1990s and were designed to build safeguards and strongholds of sexual purity and Christian communities. Mm. Okay. Um, let me scroll to see if there's anything else that I have highlighted from this article. I have not probably there is much more that's worth reading, but in the interest of time, I'm just going to stop here for a second and I'm going to go back to one of the um, original parenthetical citations that I made, which is that the shooter is 21 years old. Mm -hmm. So if we are defining purity culture as something that was popularized in the 90s. Yeah, he wasn't around. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and even around. if it's even if we're talking the tail end 
I don't think that one and two year olds are learning about <laughs> purity culture and rings and flowers and, and oaths and rituals yeah. and all of these things. No. So I don't want to outright dismiss what David French is saying, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm like, wait, no, there's this. <laughs> this yeah. is not the right example, David. Like, right. this is not the right, right example. Even if you want to make the argument that purity culture is a thing, was a thing. And I think there's an argument that you can make that yeah. it became gimmicky and yes. fluffy and all of that stuff. But it was originally based off scripture. Yeah. Right. That it came yeah. from the Bible. Go yeah. ahead. Will. No, no, no. I, that's what that's the point about this whole uh, purity culture that, you know, sticks out to me that when you're trying to make when 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 the commands of God or the standard of God becomes like a culture in the sense of like business type uh-huh. stuff. Yeah. You get crazy stuff like this, you know, purity is not, is never supposed to be like a, a, a gimmick. Right. You know? Right. And so I, I, I see what he's saying in some of that, mm-hmm. but to apply that to this guy, like you're saying he was nowhere around now, somebody may make the case that maybe he, maybe the, his parents or people who are older were around and taught him in the ways of purity, purity culture. You, you see what I'm saying? Maybe he yeah. was discipled in that. Yeah. You know? Uh huh. Yeah. What I you just, say? okay, okay, okay. Well, since you <laughs> asked, um, I just have a problem with purity culture being defined by the gimmicks. Yeah. I actually think that in the body of Christ, there should and must be a culture of purity. There, yeah. there, that is a part of what we receive. What This is not, remember, when we approach the scriptures, we are not writing the scriptures. Right. We are endeavoring where the Bible prescribes for us how to live. We are endeavoring to live it out. Right. And so t- to say that the gimmicks created the purity culture. No. No. I disagree with that. I think the gimmicks were the gimmicks. The gimmicks. But the culture of purity should mm-hmm. have emanated from scripture. Yeah, and I think those who in in the the, the purity culture or whatever, mm-hmm. um, that probably should have been some more mm-hmm. oversight and and to not let it go the route. I mean, I, I don't yeah. know if you could stop that, but to not because when it becomes like business like and just gimmicks and just like, hey, mm-hmm. we got all this and that and. And people making money off books and different things. Like, man, it becomes a monster. Now, and I I will tell you, and this this is important. We will include the links to both of these stories um, in the podcast show notes. So you go get the podcast, AFR.net. You're going to want to read this in its entirety so that you can really get a fair picture of what David French is is saying, what his position is. Mm -hmm. Because he goes on to list when he's talking about purity culture. And even though I take issue with kind of reducing... Um, the aim of the body of Christ to live according to Christ's standard. Right. Um, I take issue with reducing that to a, you know, gimmick, gimmick. in and of itself. Right. I, I, and maybe that's not what he's saying, but it just feels an awful lot like that's what he's saying. Yeah. So, so that I take an issue with, but I do agree with him. And so just as David French made his distinction that he wants to make a distinction between purity and purity culture, mm-hmm. I want to make a distinction between purity culture and gimmicks. <laughs> All right. Like, can I just do that? I mean, can I, can I, can you I can. further reduce his statement? <laughs> I mean, I, I would like to say that the culture of purity 
that we have because it is what has been passed down to us via scripture, mm-hmm. right, is not gimmicky. It no. is it is not now there were things that people did um to teach young people to be pure. And there were suggestions that were made. I would say that the suggestions, and there are some people who would say, no, they were not suggestions. They were strong requirements. So <laughs> be it. I, I mean, that's fine. I'm not going to fight you on that. Mm-hmm. But I would say that the response that we saw as far as purity culture, as he, as David French defines it, the gimmicks, let me say the gimmicks. Mm-hmm. I think some of that um, developed because of the culture that we're living in. And the culture that we were living in at the time. Mm-hmm. So it's how do you get young people to understand what is at stake here? How do you create boundaries where, you know, if, if you're, you know, Hebrew and living in the first century church or even the Gentiles living in the first century church, mm-hmm. maybe you don't have the same types of problems, but you still have problems. Hello, Corinthians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You still you still have issues that right. are arising where it becomes necessary for the spirit of God to say, hey, quit that. Mm-hmm. that's that's wrong <laughs> yeah that is not living a pure life and and by the way the bible teaches purity so i can see how this kind of gave way to the gimmicks i'm not defending nor am i justifying the gimmicks i am not but i am saying that we can't say oh wait 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 wait, wait. that's that's not us mm-hmm. that was those crazy people in the 90s with the rings and the flowers and all of that <laughs> stuff i think what we have to do and i think david french is attempting to do this i want to be generous i think he's saying the purity that comes from the scriptures, I am defending and I, and I agree with this. Yeah. But then he says purity culture is something from the 90s that was full of gimmicks. I would like to say that a culture of purity is biblical. And I, w- I would like to keep that intact, that a culture <laughs> of purity that we agree around, and this comes from the scriptures, that that remains. Just, say, just flip it around like you just did. Purity culture? No. Culture of purity? Yes. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, okay, boom. Man, I should have just asked you. So that's that's how we that's how we make the distinction here, right? And again, let me say, because um, that's the original point that I was going to make when I said you should go and read this article, because he goes through and he kind of lists some of the things that would have been um, problematic, problematic in the purity culture, as he is defining it. I'm going to say culture of purity when I mean derived from the Bible. Mm-hmm. Okay, just as Will the Great just instructed. <laughs> All right, so when he's describing purity culture, he seems to suggest that women were taught that they were the sole reason that men stumbled or were caused to lust. I don't remember that. (laughs) I don't remember that. I remember a responsibility on both the part of men and women. Yeah. Not to look upon a woman lustfully. And because if you do, it's you committed adultery with her in your heart. I remember that being taught Hard and fast. Like, that's that's not something that was, now, oh, just be careful how you dress because you now, don't want your brother to stumble. Let me ask you this, though. Yeah. In David French's, you know, uh, circles or wherever he saw this, was purity culture being taught differently in different places? Yes, it was. And so here's the thing. In the article, David French actually says he grew up Church of Christ and he was not familiar with purity culture. It had not infiltrated Church of Christ, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, when when he was growing up mm-hmm. but he said when he met his first girlfriend or his girlfriend in college she was a part of purity culture mm. and so she indoctrinated him in this purity culture as he describes it and that was his first introduction to it gotcha so to me that is an additional case that it was not um <laughs> ubiquitous mm-hmm. it was not everywhere as 
the article might suggest. Yeah. All right, we got to grab the break. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Todd Delaney, Fall in Love Again. All right, so real quick, um, David French's article here, uh, just because I think this is important because you kind of raised the question here, uh, quoting him here from his article, as many readers know, I grew up in the Church of Christ, and while my church was more fundamentalist than most, our teaching about sex was mainstream. It -hmm. represented down-the-line Christian orthodoxy, but it was stripped of the bells and whistles of the purity movement. Okay. Our youth group (laughs) talked about sex a lot. We were teenagers after all, but there were no rituals. There were no rings. We'd never heard of courtship. We weren't perfect, but we tried to do the right thing. And then he goes on fast forward four years. My college girlfriend was devoted to purity culture. And when she tried to bring me into the fold, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I felt like I entered a parallel Christian dimension. (laughs) I'm just going to need you to sign this agreement that you will not touch me inappropriately. Now, look, that's gimmicky. But that should be the unspoken agreement. But I can see how he would feel that way. Like if he because the thing is, if you're just raised up and and you're you're being taught the scriptures and it's not all this other stuff around it. And it's just like, hey, and you are having those conversations about sex and things like that from a biblical standpoint in your church. Well, when you're hit with the the whole, you know, this whole thing, it's like, whoa, what is this? I never heard yeah. of this. Like, I, I wasn't familiar with, like, the rings and all the yeah, ceremonies. Yeah, no, that was, that, was that was different. Pat, I guess that was after my time. Well, <laughs> let me know. say this. Because I was going to make a joke. I, 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 <laughs> so I grew up sort of in 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 a couple Man. worlds as far as the church <laughs> as far as the church is still, concerned still right yes <laughs> it is so i hate to describe it this way but please bear with me in you know my limited ability to do this without doing what i'm about to do mm-hmm. i'm sorry okay. okay i'm sorry in advance but in the context of the black church and i hate to d- say it that way <laughs> okay there was no such thing as uh, purity culture, but there was a culture of purity. And so we didn't have rings and things like that, but we had, why are you sitting that close to that little boy? <laughs> yes. Move over, you're too close to that little boy. Leave room for the Holy Spirit. Move over. <laughs> I see you're looking at that little girl. God hey. sees you. You know what I mean? And so those, <laughs> those are the kinds of things that you didn't need to ring our contract. <laughs> All right. If if Sister Jenkins came over and was like telling you to move, you Man. moved. Nobody was coming to church, putting their arm around their little girlfriend. But uh, look, I'm going to say this too, though. Yeah. It's not like that. That stopped everything. Oh, come on, please. <laughs> you know, what let's saying? just stay on the soft and brighter <laughs> side of saying. Sears here. Will. I'm like, of course it didn't because man is <laughs> sinful. This is proof and confirmation that we need a savior. Yeah. Right. But I will say this that when I went to churches that were not predominantly black or attended by 
predominantly black Christians. Mm-hmm. I hate, it's it's wonky to say it, but you understand. <laughs> yeah. um, that is where I was exposed to, I think, more of what David French is yeah. explaining here, yeah. where I was a part of retreats where there was this rose that we passed around. Really? And it was like, oh, yes. Wow. Oh, yes. There was this rose that that was passed around. And it was like, yeah, just everybody just kind of examined the rose and touched the petals. And then um, by the time you got to the end of this entire room where all of these girls have all, all these young women have passed around this rose and it was a white rose. It's all like messed up. And, you know, and the whole illustration was, look, uh. even. Even as you look at it and you think that you're handling it well, look at what has happened as it's passed through all of these hands. And then at the end of the illustration, here was the beautiful untouched white rose. Mm -hmm. Right? Here was the beautiful untouched. And so that would be a part of the gimmick that I think David French is referring to. Okay, but I think that's kind of powerful. It is very (laughs) powerful. Let me tell you something. I still have a petal from one of those roses in my Bible. Okay? I still have it today. So, Yeah. Okay. It's very powerful. Like it, but, but here's the thing: what da- the point? The point is, <laughs> David French is saying it is this type of gimmicky culture that has given way. And I, I, I man, I just know that David French is not a he. He is not a sloppy cultural critic. Mm-hmm. He's not a sloppy cultural critic. He's very calculated and, and and understands people, it appears, at least from the things that I've read in the past, you know. And so to me, though, and I, I, I want to be very careful. It just seems very sloppy here because you're, mm. you're saying that my, look, my experience. So I have a nephew who's 21. My experience growing up is not the same as our 21-year-old nephew, Will the Great. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. you would admit. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I so I have a point of reference here to say, no, it's not the same thing. That's, yeah. So there is a case that can be made, but it is not this case. Mm-hmm. And I think because mm-hmm. it is not this case, it appears to be a type of piling on that is happening. And it 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 is a it is against the church. It mm. is it is aimed at the church and. Yeah. What was an attempt on the part of faithful Christians to say, how do we best live out God's call yeah, yeah. to purity? Well, let, let me tell you, I think what this whole purity culture for me, you know, has shown me is that, man, we just need to get to the word. You yeah, know, we need to I preach agree. the word. We need to preach the scriptures. You know, I think what David French experienced before that girlfriend probably was more in line with what should happen. Like we we preach the word. Yeah. We talk about, you know, first Corinthians uh, chapter chapter six. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, verse well, 18, flee immorality. Yes. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body. But the immoral man sins against his own body. Mm-hmm. They said, or do, or do you not know that your body is a temple of Amen. the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and that you are not your own? For you have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. And then you can do a study in that. You know, like yes. I was telling you about how this word temple, you yes. know, that was the place where deities were enshrined, mm-hmm. you know. And it was it, so basically he said the Holy Spirit lives in you. Yeah. So yeah. don't go into this sexual immorality and things like do understand that, that you yeah. are indwelled by the Holy Spirit. And I think if we teach the word of God, 
yeah to our young people and older people as well yeah you know we don't need a culture uh you know the purity culture you know we'll create a culture of purity amen amen and now listen so can we go a step further because i think in addition to what you're saying so i there are christians and i think this may be another one of the reasons why there was a purity culture versus a culture of purity mm-hmm. because there are people who are able to kid themselves and say well i've only done this so therefore i'm still pure uh-huh. right like or i've only i haven't i i have uh-huh. um y- you understand what yeah. i'm saying i oh, haven't yeah. engaged in sexual immorality like the bible clearly lays out you know mm-hmm. it is not like we make i'm trying to be very careful here but we make the one thing the thing and but yeah. then everything else you're good everything i mean none of that matters but I think about what the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy. And mm-hmm. this is so interesting. So here is Timothy, man, you know, entrusted with the leadership of the Lord's church. And, and Paul writes to him. This is First uh, Timothy chapter 5. Um, Paul says, do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father. Younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women, watch this, as sisters in all purity. Mm. Mm. So in other words... We are not left to just say, well, don't have sex before you're married. Come on. We are. The the goal is not, well, you know, at least I didn't. I didn't do that. Mm -hmm. No, no. The goal is all purity. Yeah. And I really think that this is what the purity culture was driving at. Mm -hmm. And it ended up with gimmicks. But I think that the intent was how do we get to this, quote unquote, all purity Mm -hmm. as we are living life together and not just saying, well, if I don't engage in sexual activity before I'm married, then Mm -hmm. I'm good. I must be holy. And look, we've been doing a study in the book of James at our church. Yeah. Pastor Abraham Hamilton, the third. Yeah. He he made a, a, um, a point. He said purity is not a synonym for abstinence. You can abstain, but have an impure heart. That's right. That's right. It's more than just not doing the, the act. You and know, what listen, about your heart? You know? Amen. And you could be wearing a purity ring and still have an impure heart. Exactly. You understand what I'm saying? So 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 what does this come down to? This comes down to us um being transformed, right? That we are reading God's word, that we are praying, that we are hearing from the Lord on a daily basis, that we are being convicted by the word that we are being shaped by the word. This is what it means to have a biblical worldview that we don't just kind of pick and choose, you know, bare minimum to subscribe to like, Mm -hmm. well, you Mm -hmm. know, it said, it said, you know, sexual immorality, but here's what we have to understand there in the Bible. And guys, I'm sorry, we're not going to take calls today, but we will take calls (laughs) tomorrow. I apologize. I just want to, I want to make this point. And then if we get to the other article tomorrow, if not, you know, we'll open the phone lines, but this is very important to me. Mm-hmm. If when we study the Bible, there is um, a study tool uh, that we call the law of first mention mm-hmm. that when you want to understand um, a principle or something that is presented in scripture, um, there, there is a, a fairly safe assumption that the way we first encounter this term or, you know, this, illustration or whatever that the the first time we encounter it that it becomes the foundation for how God wants us to understand it okay so if we use that technique and we apply that to um, sexual relationships right then the law of first mention takes us back to the beginning where God created one man and one woman 
and he brought those two together mm -hmm. and he said that these two become one flesh. He joins these two, one man, one woman, and they become one flesh. And it is this that he blesses and says it is good. Mm. This, this and it's almost like if you think about it, you go back to the creation account. It's like almost like the and and it is good kind of seals the deal every time. Yeah. It's like that's it, it's good. That's <laughs> it, it's good. And so what what is the understanding that we take from the it is good? You don't need to add anything to it. I did all right by myself. Like it's good, mm. it's good. Like, come on, yeah. you guys understand what I'm saying? So when we go back to the beginning and we look at what God designed and yeah. and He designs man and woman, He brings those two together and he says those two become one flesh and guess what it's good mm -hmm. so that means that anything that is happening outside of the context of that relationship that god designed brought them together gave them the gift of sexual intimacy anything that happens outside of that good is not good yeah yeah so you don't need the gimmicks to make this point yeah you simply need to say that when the Bible says avoid sexual immorality, well, what is immoral as it pertains to sexuality? Anything that happens outside of the context of what God defined as good. Yeah. So that means if you're not married, right? Like you have to treat the woman that you're not married to as your sister. And this can trip people up. I understand. You're like, oh, I don't want to. I mean, <laughs> I want to marry her. Yeah, but as as yet, you're not. Right. So if you're not going to engage in any of these activities with your sister, then not with her. And that's tough, right? And so mm -hmm. how do we how do we try to get people to this point? <laughs> we try to get people to this point Man. by, you know, uh, side hugs. You need to give side <laughs> hugs. You know, come on, guys. Y'all try to pretend like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Don't. I'm not the only one. We all we all sat through this. We all know how this goes. Yeah. But why were we doing that? We were because we were trying to behave in all purity. It wasn't we, we weren't trying to create a, you know. Th this is it, we were trying to honor the Lord. And guess what? This is still good. Amen. This Amen. is still good. Like our attempts to honor the Lord are still good in 21st century America. So a culture of purity must not be canceled. Right. Because we are canceling purity culture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do, yeah. Do you understand? No, I make, look, I, I get it. When we go to the scriptures and we look at what the word of God says, man, if you look at, um, I'm going to look at Galatians, uh, Galatians chapter five. Verses 19 through 20. I know we're coming uh, to the end of the show here. Galatians chapter five, verses 19, 19 and 20. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Watch this, though. I mean, sexual immorality, impurity. Whoa, wait a minute. That's distinct from sexual immorality. Mm -hmm. Oh, are you serious? Just read the book, people like God's got you covered. He's answered all of your questions. You have everything that you need that pertains to life and godliness. Everything. Amen. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality. Man, the tent pegs are spread really wide, folks. Yeah.
idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. So anything I didn't list here, <laughs> <It's> in <laughs> include there. that too. It's in there. All right, we have run out of time. I apologize we didn't get to take calls today. We will tomorrow, Lord willing. Okay, so until tomorrow, <laughs> Lord willing. God bless.